the reason I think it's a seller's market is because my my condo was on the market for two days and it was sold. And then the, the house that I bid on went um, up on the MLS the day before and I was outbid. So it seems like people are selling stuff, but buying something is a little bit more challenging. You're listening to Byline. A fresh new podcast from the Times of Northwest Indiana that examines some of the newspaper's most fascinating stories and the reporters who tell them. I'm Andrew Jones. I'm Cale Wilk. And this week, we're looking at a topic that hits a little close to... We'll tell the story about a housing market with tough odds. And so you get all these things together. It's hard to come up with a down payment. It's hard to, um, you know, find a place uh, to live. And and so... And of a generation with a different take on what home really means. Off the top of my head, honestly, I can't think of too many people that have bought a house at our age. Well, actually, homes, the plural form, and specifically about home buyers. But before we open the door on that, we'd like you to meet... Andrew Steele, and I'm a reporter at the Times. Then he writes about... I work for the business section, um, and so I cover several topics in business, uh, real estate, uh, residential real estate mainly, um, also uh, casinos and transportation. He didn't start out as a journalist. He studied political science at Indiana University, but he was drawn to politics and government, which the newspaper provided an avenue to learn more about. You know, so much of journalism is is about politics and government, and I'm I'm more into the business side now. But but I think that the interest in that, uh, coupled with just enjoying writing uh, and editing, um, kind of put those two things together. My first job. Um, it was uh, 1995. It was at a weekly newspaper here in Northwest Indiana, and uh, I've been at the Times now for uh, full time for a year and a half. Uh, mm. In between, I spent uh, some time at the Post Tribune as well. So Andrew's beat covers business, and according to his experiences, business is doing fairly well here. You know, it, I mean, it's still largely industrial area, uh, despite all the troubles steel mills have had. It's still that's still a huge part of, of things here. You know, in terms of other trends, um, you know, healthcare, um, retail is has just really been booming uh, in recent years. Um, and you see a lot of uh, development money uh, going into retail developments. Um, but you know, other than that, it's it, it's still you know pretty heavily industrial area. Um, for those unfamiliar with this area's past, the steel mills along Lake Michigan, mainly U.S. Steel in Gary and ArcelorMittal in Gary and East Chicago, which was formerly Inland Steel, were longtime bastions of industry and growth for Northwest Indiana. The British petroleum oil refinery in Whiting is actually the corporation's largest in the world. Northwest Indiana is a part of the Chicago metropolitan area, which allows the community to shall we say, feed off of and contribute to the commerce that comes through the third largest city in the U.S. But aside from that, 
North Oceania is an appealing area for businesses and people to come to. For example, there's an incentive in lower taxes that tend to attract a lot of business people and residents here. But speaking of those residents, something is happening that hasn't occurred for 130 years. Maybe this sounds like one of those space things you hear about that only happens every 70 years or so, but we promise this is staying below the atmosphere. And it's the fact that those who are age 18 to 34 are more likely to stay at home than to immediately move out. In his article, Andrew focused in on a very specific group of home buyers, millennials, a group of people whose birth year, according to a White House report called 15 Economic Facts About Millennials, published in 2014, spans from the early 1980s to about the mid-2000s. What do people think of when they think of millennials? Kids of the internet age? Perpetual adolescence? People who couldn't live without the hyper-connectivity of social media? Who knows? It's hard to come up with a stereotype for this generation. General consensus in both cultural and statistical studies haven't put their finger down on exactly what millennials are. Stereotypes aside, let's look at a perhaps overlooked aspect of the average millennial life. Okay, uh, so... Uh, so, there's 15 facts. Fact number 14 is titled, Millennials are less likely to be homeowners than young adults in previous generations. And, uh, geez, what it says is 18 to 34-year-olds, um, a lot are going to be living with their parents. Correspondingly, the pace of household formation is low, and the quote-unquote headship rate among millennials the rate at which millennials had their own households has fallen. Um, yeah, so another thing about this that I think needs to be mentioned is it says uh, in the final paragraph of, of this uh, section 14 um, that it is worth mentioning that some observers suggest that the rising student loan debt burdens are dimming homeownership prospects for millennials. And, and so there's this kind of common idea that uh, since so many millennials are, are so in debt because the, the cost of, of school has gone up so much, uh, very few of them can afford homes. So kind of simply giving way to the fact that they just aren't as interested in uh, renting houses or owning houses. So not as many millennials who are at the home buying stage are buying homes. And there are multiple factors that figure into this. Matt Evans, a realtor from Valparaiso Andrew talked to, said, for instance, that the rising cost of health care is putting pressure on buyers. It seems, like Andrew read, that there's this domino effect where one thing keeps leading to another. Student debt causes millennials to return to their nests or move out and rent rather than own. For those that do venture out into the realty jungle, the numbers look a little grim. A year ago, 32% of those home buyers were first timers. Jump a year ahead, and how do the millennials fit in? Well, 17% of older millennials and only 5% of younger millennials own their homes. Also, in this year, a fourth of recent home buyers had some form of student debt, which was usually about $25,000. The prices of homes have also increased. This year, the median price so far is $220,000. 
But for those at home, student debt is a leading factor for halting their decision to buy a home. 71% are delaying because of it. And within that group, several reasons they've listed include the inability to save for a down payment, not feeling financially secure because of outstanding debt, inability to qualify for a mortgage because of the debt, and inability to afford a certain type of house in their desired setting. And the thing is that getting to a point of financial stability for a home takes time. Many of those staying at home waited anywhere from a few months to five years. But over half of them, 52%, waited more than five years to finally invest in a home. We wanted to know what residents who live here in Northwest Indiana felt about these statistics. Did they fit into them? Are millennials really struggling to find homes in a part of the country where production and industry are in full swing and only intensifying? I was, uh, I think I was outbid, <laughs> so that didn't work out. This is Elise Houghton, and she's been looking for a house in Valparaiso, Indiana, a town in the middle of a home and apartment construction boom. I have not actually found a house yet. I am actively looking. Um, the market for a nice place to live uh, is competitive. In fact, Elise has been working with a local realtor and has looked at 11 houses. She admits that she's picky about the details. It would be really nice to have an attached garage. Uh, it would also be nice to have a little yard for my dog and more than one bath. So I'm looking for something that I can add value to. And to have all of those things, they're really hard to find. But she's under a time pressure, too. Consistent with Andrew's reporting, living spaces don't stay on the market very long in this area, especially in Valparaiso. The reason I think it's a seller's market is because it was, my my condo was on the market for two days and it was sold. And then the, the house that I bid on went um, up on the MLS the day before and there were three offers on it and I was outbid. So it seems like people are selling stuff, uh, but um, buying something is a little bit more challenging for me right now. <laughs> people still aspire in that age group to own their own home. It's, the aspiration is the same as ever, but but there are different lifestyle issues that they're, you know people are getting married later, uh, people have more student debt. Um, re, you know, right now, like I said, you know, economic recovery in general is kind of sluggish. And so wages, especially for young men who have not gone to college, uh, wages are very relatively low and stagnant. And so you get all these things together. It's hard to come up with a down payment. It's hard to, um, you know, find a place uh, to live. And, and so... So it's not the case across the board, but there are varying factors that make home ownership a little bit of a different game for millennials than generations before them. It's impossible to say precisely how all the newest set of first-time homeowners in their mid to late 20s are dealing with this in northwest Indiana, but Elise is one example. She's single, she wants to live in the middle of a socially active town, and she's got a stable career. So what about a couple? Andrew? Hi, nice to meet you. No problem. Um, my boyfriend is also here. Michael, say hi. Hi, nice to meet you. He just waved at the phone. <laughs> Alyssa Arroyo is a middle school physical education teacher, and Michael is a paramedic. 
They just bought a home in Hammond in the Hessville area, and unlike Elise, the couple says they found what they were looking for pretty quickly. Um, we actually got really lucky. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of started typing in the Zillow and the, the websites that uh, have all the, the real estate listings, and we found one right around the corner from our apartment that we really liked. And um, Yeah, we were pretty fortunate um, in that process. That house had probably been put on the market maybe six days when I had found it. When we originally looked at it, I knew that I wanted it if it were up, but we knew we had to look at a few other homes and that one really didn't match up. So it was a pretty easy experience that I did. We did. I don't think either of us expected. I didn't know what to expect. Alyssa and Michael, both 25 years old, weren't looking for much. They don't have kids and they both have steady jobs and they're happy to be not renting anymore. Michael says they're happy with how cost efficient it is to own a home. Sure, they had to come up with a down payment, but he says they're actually paying $50 less a month than they were for their apartment. The couple said they were a little shocked by the value they could get in a home. Moreover, they wondered out loud how many people their age are aware of how simple the home owning process is. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how many people, young people that are renting realize how inexpensive the mortgage is in comparison. Like, like I said, obviously you have to have the credit and you have to come up with at least the several thousand dollars for the initial down payment and closing costs and everything. But if you can manage that, it's, it almost doesn't make sense to be dumping money into a, a rental property when it's cheaper to have a mortgage. But as Alyssa wisely points out, homes are probably not on the top of priority list for people her age. I think a lot of a lot of the people, especially that I, I graduated um, college with or I went to school with, um, their big thing is really trying to find a job. Like that's really when we think of in perspective to where we are. Um, I was pretty fortunate um, getting my teaching license in Michigan that I was able to teach in Indiana, but I can't say that's the same for everybody in the degree that they hold. So um, off the top of my head, honestly, I can't think of too many people that have bought a house at our age. Alyssa and Michael's view of their peers' world when it comes to home buying seems to agree with Andrew's reporting. Take this statistic, for instance. In his article, he reports that, quote, in 2014, 32.1% of 18 to 34-year-olds lived with one or more parents, according to a Pew Research Center study. It was the first year that living at home was the most common arrangement for young adults, unquote. Maybe this is an indicator of another stereotype that's attributed to millennials often. They're not 100% sure about the future. But let's look at the other side of the real estate coin. So we've talked to some first-time home buyers, but what about the home sellers? I spoke with the local realtor, Kim Odegaard, who has a team with Keller Williams Realty in Cherville. She gave her perspective on the Northwest Indiana housing market, and she thinks it's... Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> I mean, it's a really great market. Um, there are, you know, home sales are definitely up, so there's a big demand in this area. Um, there are, of course, like many areas that, many different communities, you have to be kind of mindful. Not every market is as strong, um, 
and what we see is those that are typically close the newer subdivisions or areas where there's newer homes are having a lot of um, positive you know outcomes results as well as the areas here in Lake County that border the expressways because of course commuting to Illinois is a huge huge factor for a lot of buyers. As for the difficulties we've examined that exist for first-time home buyers, she somewhat agrees. She pointed out mortgages are harder to apply for. I mean, there's still some people that just can't qualify for mortgages because the mortgage industry, even though it's not as, um, because of course when the market crashed, you know, there were huge uh, changes in guidelines and lending and, you know, everything was scrutinized uh, to the nth degree. And obviously that's what needed to be. I mean, prior to the crash, I mean, buyers could buy a home and, with no money down basically because there were programs out there where the seller could pay their down payment and their closing costs. She also agreed that homes were more expensive, but that's because... If you looked at the average sale price um, versus the average new construction price, you will definitely see that it's substantially higher than the average sale price in our market. Um, and I a lot of that is to do because of the cost of materials to build um, and prices. So when it comes down to brass tacks, here's where we're at in northwest Indiana. According to Andrew's reporting, the market has changed a little bit over the past 15 years. Construction is rising, like Andrew said, though it's not what it used to be. Some realtors say that it's tough to build a house below $150,000 right now. Does this mean that only people who feasibly can make a decent-sized financial investment are buying? I asked one local real estate expert what she thought. My name is Linda Anderson from Boulder Bay Realty Group. Anderson confirms the inventory issue. There is a shortage of homes. But adds that. This is your glass half full or half empty. Um, homes are always selling. It's your clientele might be different, but they were moving. And investors were out there, and there were a lot of investors out there. Anderson also said that first-time home buyers are a diverse group of people that include not just millennials, but people who were hit the hardest by the recession. The people we worked with, it necessarily doesn't matter if you're a millennial or not. There's um, some people that are not millennials that don't have the money saved up um, because they got hurt and they're restarting their life. They they lost everything. They lost their house. Um, they lost their savings. Some of them, the companies they worked for, don't, they thought they had a retirement. Now it's not there. So they rented, saved, and now they're coming in with minimal down. Despite that, Anderson has a kind of realtor's faith in this area. And part of that faith comes from the nature of the area itself. You know, Northwest Indiana has always been a healthy, stable market. Even in the housing crash, we didn't get burned as bad as some of the states. You know, so that you know, we're still healthy, if, if that makes sense. Um, so many amenities that make it such a great place to live. So there's a lot of optimism for the future from the people who sell houses, even though we know that the number of houses available to buy is going down, and that, on average, they're getting more expensive. It's a competitive market, but at least it's a uh, healthy one, to borrow Anderson's word. 
I mean, construction is definitely picking up. Like I said, it tends to be at the higher end. But, you know, that can be a good thing, too, because if you've got people moving out of the smaller house, moving into the larger house, then, you know, they're, they're going to sell their, their smaller house. So that can definitely have kind of a filtering down effect. Uh, even construction at the high end can kind of filter down. Part of it, too, is, is not just hunting skills, but getting on a firmer foundation financially. And, and, and one of the realtors I talked to said that in her perspective, younger people are, are starting to do that and to get that right and to work out some of the issues that, uh, you know, the debt issues and other things. Um, and as, as more jobs become available, you know, a big part of this, we talk about the people living at home, big part of it is, you know, younger uh, men without college education who are getting into jobs that the wages are kind of relatively flat and having a hard time uh, saving up any kind of money. Okay, so I have a small confession to make here. When we talked to Andrew Steele about this subject, it kind of hit home. Both Kale and I are millennials in different housing situations. I rent an apartment with my wife, and Kale just graduated from Indiana University this spring, so he's living with his parents while he searches for a job. So we sat down and talked candidly about homes and the millennial mentality. There's a snippet of that conversation. So my situation is, is, you know, I'm a millennial. I was born in 1988. <clears throat> I've been living in Valpo for the past five years, uh, working as a as a teacher in a, in a small school. And we've actually rented for all those five years at the same time. We've also been looking for, you know, an actual house, which is interesting because we, we rent for 720 a month, which is not that bad. Um, but even as, as we've tried to look for a house, I mean, there are two struggles. One Getting a house, you know, they go extremely fast, you know. But we're not looking to, to buy a new house. What we would like to do is, you know, potentially um, rent a house out in the country, something a little bit older, something with a little bit of space. It's really hard uh, to find. So it's a little bit aggravating right now. I'm sure we'll, we'll figure it out. But I very much feel the reality of what we're talking about in this story because... Um, like, we know that the housing market is sparse. And we chose to live in Valpo, which to me, I don't know if this is an accurate assessment, but it, to me it seems to be a very, like, sought-after place to live in northwest Indiana. Well, then I'll just, like, dive in a little bit here. So sure. I was born in 1994, 22 years old now. Uh, just about uh, three months out of college. Um, so... In that 18 to 34 range, definitely a millennial, um, and I am one of the people that is living at home uh, with his or her parents. Now, could, probably a little bit understandable because I'm only just like three months out of college, but um, I do have to emphasize that I was uh, given a very fortunate situation where I was fortunate enough to not uh, graduate with any student debt because I'm very lucky to have my parents be able to pay for my tuition as well. I think I'm at too early of a stage to even think about um, home ownership at the moment. I think if once I uh, move out, then my first living situation will very likely be an apartment. Right. Um, so you're not looking to get like a house, like right away. Not right away. But eventually. Maybe eventually. Yeah. Sometimes I think to myself that maybe I would just want to do a condo, mm -hmm. just because I, I kind of like a smaller living space. I know that there's a lot of maintenance that has to go into a house. Not that I'm that I'm lazy or that I wouldn't put in the effort for it, but you know sometimes it's uh, there's a lot that has to go into it. And 
if I'm going to be a journalist and I'm not going to always have a typical nine to five schedule, then find myself having as as uh, as many opportunities, unless it's the weekend and I don't work, to do the lawn, clean right. the gutters, replace the roof if it needs to, put on new paint if it's if it's yeah. that kind of house, if it's not a yeah. brick and mortar. Um, yeah, and you know that's an interesting point too. When it comes to it, do I necessarily want to invest my time in doing like all of that? maintenance like um it's not like a house isn't important to me but at the same time i feel some maybe this is like the millennial deep inside me talking but it's like i don't put too much value on me making sure my house is is perfect the expectation was and i guess just just kind of how jobs were was that you did your work and then you came home you it was yeah desirable to go ahead and settle down in a particular area yeah whereas with our generation like we don't value stability as much um i think we we value the stability but only to a certain extent i think that there's a there's a big desire to go ahead and see places because Mm -hmm. of the technology that we have right i think we live in a little bit more of a global community as it were we do yes Going back to Andrew Steele here, this is the work he delves into. While business or financial news may sometimes be seen as dry or best saved for the pages of the Wall Street Journal, Andrew gets to observe the local and larger levels of economic change that end up affecting us. It's like a piece of a larger puzzle. He's highlighted how the Times' audience does look to the newspaper for these important bits of information. Yeah, and and it's kind of funny. People will call us a lot of times uh, with questions about whatever we're writing about, uh, not, not about the story, but about if there's some new uh, factory opening, you know, light industrial plant, and they're gonna be hiring. They, they call us, say, how do we get a job at this place? Things like that. I mean, you get all kinds of stuff like that. Um, just because they see, you know, they see an article online, they see our name and they see our phone number, and so they figure, well, that's the person to call. Byline is a production of The Times of Northwest Indiana. If you listened to last week's episode and return for this one, we'd like to say just how much we appreciate you and all the positive reception we've seen during this podcast's launch. So big thanks to you, our first listeners, for making our beginning successful and for supporting us as well as everyone here at the Northwest Indiana Times. We'll keep you posted as more episodes will be on their way every single Monday. You can find this episode, as well as others, at nwitimes.com slash podcasts. Are you on social media? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search NWI Byline, one word, and uh, we'll pop up. And if you're a dedicated podcast listener and you want each of our episodes to show up right on your media player of choice, you can just subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or even Stitcher. Just be sure to leave us a review. If you'd like to reach out to us, drop us an email at nwibyline at gmail.com. We appreciate constructive comments and feedback, as well as suggestions for topics you'd like us to research. Reporting for this episode came from reporter Andrew Steele, Andrew Jones, and myself, Kale Wilk. The show was edited and produced by Andrew Jones and me. Statistics and data for this episode came from the White House, Pew Research, the National Association of Realtors, and the Indiana Realtors Association. Thanks to the show's creators, Summer Moore, digital and audience engagement editor at The Times, a.k.a. the commander-in-chief for all things that go into the production of this show. I'm Andrew Jones. 
I'm Kale Wilkham from both of us here in North of Indiana. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your week.